Hi, this is Steve Amston. Welcome to this episode of People with Purpose. I oversee all diversity and veteran outreach programs at Orion Talent. I'm really excited to be joined by Trisha Sokol, Head of Human Resources for U.S. and Canada at Vitesco, and Florencia Stanfield, Chief Diversity Officer at Vitesco as well. Vitesco is an established electronics champion. Please join us for a discussion on how Vitesco has established themselves as a purpose-driven employer for diverse talent. Hi, Trisha and Florencia. How are you guys? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. Hi, Steve. How are you? Great. So I'm really excited about this. I know we've been talking about this quite a lot. Um, to kind of frame this opportunity and this moment in time, um, everyone who's listening to this, I'm co-founder of Higher Purpose, which is uh, the diversity solution of Orion Talent. Uh, we're launching a whole new brand in April, all focused around helping diverse talent find companies that they uh, can be their authentic self. And our our brand commitment to our uh, candidates is that they can they can be different at these companies and make a difference. Um, and you guys are one of our launch partners, so it's really really exciting. You're I've uh, gotten to know you through the last year, your team, and and you really have an incredible culture. So. What I thought we could do today is um, really get to know each other and for the audience share one, um, how you're building a great culture there and just share with the audience some of the great work you're doing um, tied into diversity, inclusion, blogging and culture. Does that sound good? Sure. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Trisha, you want to introduce yourself and your role? Sure. Um, I'm Trisha Sokol. Um, I've been with the organization going on 19 years now. Um, have had a lot of great opportunities um, to change into different roles, starting out as a, an individual contributor in a recruiting role, moving into more of an HR generalist role along the way, um, wanting to further develop myself. I was able to move into a leadership role um, in the talent acquisition space um, and then eventually move on to being a site HR manager um, to now my current role here with Vitesco, um, being responsible for HR for the U.S. and for Canada. So a lot of different opportunities within, within one organization. So I feel really fortunate to, to be here and be able to share my story. Great. I'm excited as well. Florencia. Yes, uh, I'm Florencia. I go by Flora Stanfield. Um, my story is a little different from Trisha. I am originally from South America, born and raised in a small country called Uruguay, and uh, then moved over to Argentina, a bigger country in South America. Um, from Argentina, I got my, you know, my um, bachelor's degree and my master's degree, uh, an MBA. I, I always wanted to be kind of understanding what my customers needed and wanted. So that's why I decided to go into business school more than into HR or DNI, you know, type of uh, education. Uh, moved around Latin America for a little bit and uh, I've been in the US for about five years, more than 20 years in HR. The last eight of those um, very much focused in DNI. Uh, started as an HR practitioner that had DNI as part of my responsibilities. And then I started kind of shifting into the discipline of DEI um, and focusing specifically on, on DEI. I've uh, been working for different uh, multinational companies, some of them uh, like General Electric or the Dow Chemical Company. Uh, and uh, lately, before joining Vitesco, um, pharmaceutical company Canon Pharma Solutions. So 
little bit of you know experience in different industries. Been with a company for a little less than a year. Very excited to be part of Vitesco. I'm Chief Diversity Officer for Vitesco. Uh, we are uh, present in more than 20 countries. We have 40,000 employees. We have a big operation and it's a great company to work for. I agree. Your, your culture is terrific. Yeah, as, as I've gotten to know everyone along the team, it's um, everyone's very down to earth and is very proud of the brand. And uh, it's uh, it's really special. It's um, it, it's hard to find and you guys should be proud because that that doesn't that doesn't come all the time, if that makes sense. Um, so so to kind of cue that in, you know, part of our brand mission at Higher Purpose is is once again to find employers that that I think things all weave in. You have culture, you have purpose, you have belonging, you have diversity, um, and, and all those things go together. They're not, to me, it's like a soup that all the ingredients come together. And if you don't have a piece of the soup, it it's not it's not that good. I'm not always good at analogies, but that's so. I I have been. I have, like I said, throughout getting to know you guys, I really think you have a great culture all the way from the head of HR to procurement, and it's just been a great experience. So tell me what, what you think you have done and are doing to build a culture of purpose. And really what we're trying to do is, like I said, our, our tagline as we kind of market to these candidates is be different and make a difference. What do you think you're doing either day to day or strategically to to uphold that and and execute on that vision and I'll start with you, Tricia. Sure. So we recognized um, over a year ago that, um, you know, from a leadership perspective, that all of us valued diversity um, and we all had a passion that, you know, we needed to progress along our, our journey here from a DE&I perspective. Uh, we, we could only do as much as we knew how to do. So um, that's where we, we realized that we needed an expert such as Flora to join the team. Um, but it was, I would say, early on noted everyone's commitment to why why diversity was important, why inclusion is important from a culture perspective. So um, even before Flora joining the organization, you know, we um, you know, sat down and came up with a DEI strategy. Again, doing the best that we could, you know, not being experts ourselves, but really kind of harnessing the passion that we had um, in this area. Um, to include, um, you know, having education for our employees, just, you know, what is, what is DE&I? Because all of us are starting this from a different, I guess, different ground level. Some of us knew a little bit more about it than others, um, you know, and really ensuring that our employees also understood, you know, what DE&I is, you know. Um, so we set some goals for the organization from an education perspective. Um, also to include, um, you know, part of our performance evaluation is, is each individual having a DE&I goal and, you know, what resonates with that individual. We weren't, we weren't prescriptive on, you know, what your goal had to be, but, you know, what, what did you, what resonated with you, you know, from a goal perspective and how could you grow or how could you contribute um, you know, in, in that space. So I would just say, you know, really, you know, it's, it's starting with the passion and, and continued growth um, and learning really for all of us. You know, um, we appreciate Flora's expertise kind of guiding us and, and helping us maybe pivot a little bit from, from our initial intended journey. Um, but again, I think it all starts with the passion and the commitment from the leadership team that, you um, that diversity, equity, and inclusion, and just feeling like you belong, you know, to one organization is just really important. Yeah, thank you, Trisha. How about you, Flo? 
Well, I kind of, yeah, I agree. I think that one of the things that stood out for me uh, at Vitesco when I when I first came was the fact that everybody had DNI as as a goal, and I think that that is a stage that a lot of companies aspire to reach, but not many reach, right? Yeah. Because it's hard to say, you know, everybody's going to have a DNI goal. Think about it. These are the guidelines. You know, go for it. Yeah. We're going to encourage you. And we did it. And, you know, Vitesco did it even before I joined. And I I really, you know, I think that's admirable. And I want to, you know, point it out because everybody here has a goal. Everybody here, even if the goal is, you know, I need to learn more about this because I don't know. So I'm going to read a book or I'm going to read an article. It's okay, but you still, you're still getting educating on it. And, uh, and I think that the other thing that makes a big difference here is that um, we have a CEO for North America that's super committed. Uh, to the topic and she has you know made it her personal goal to you know to um cascade this down to the organization and and also not only cascade down but also allow the organization to kind of have this bottom-up approach so we listen to our employees uh we want to make things better every time there's a suggestion we listen to it we analyze we implement whatever makes sense and we have a leadership team for the region that is amazing i tell you they are so committed they are so passionate about this that it's it's easy you know it's it's not easy d and i it's not easy but it feels like it's easy because we have such a great team and that that's you know such a a big i would say um statement right so it makes a big difference yeah, another thing that as I as the as the relationship blossom and I get to know everyone through Vitesco, it's it's a global company, you know, it's not. And what was interesting to me to watch as I I don't want to say navigated because everyone was lovely through the whole process, but regardless if they were in Germany or they were in Detroit, they all had the same values around this. And I, and I noticed that they the the whether it was Garrett in Germany talking about this everyone was excited about celebrating differences and finding great people and finding people that fit in. And I kind of noticed that as, and that probably makes what the, the bigger pieces of your job, Florence, you're looking at this globally, right? Which, but I did see some common themes across the company, which through my experience, which you know shows, shows the great work you're doing. I know that was off script, but it was just a perception on my side as I, I got to know you guys. Um, separate topic, and this is one of the things that we're really going to be focused around Orion Talent is what's called upskilling. So upskilling is obviously um, how do you, in the simplest form, how do you help either underrepresented groups or early talent or military that don't have training or skills? Are you starting to think about that? And if yes, it, I assume it ties into a diversity outreach strategy, the term. Do you guys have any thoughts around that topic? Sure, um, I can start and then Flora certainly add. Um, but we, um, part of our goals for this past year was really looking um, at how we can help develop our underrepresented talent. Um, all individuals um, who would fall into that category um, of underrepresented should have had an individualized development plan or an IDP last year. So that was one of our, our big focuses was to let them know you know, we're here, we're committed, we want to help you grow and really sit down and have that important discussion around, you know, where do they want to go? Where do we need to help them grow and develop? Um, that's one facet I would would offer. Another point um, during our talent management review, 
Um, we took part of that review and it was dedicated to talking about our diverse talent. So yeah. again, you know, ensuring that the whole leadership team was exposed to the talent across the organization because it's really easy to know who your talent is maybe within your group or silo, um, but not necessarily talent in another location or another business unit or central function. So um, I would say just the exposure and yep. um, ensuring that everybody's aware of who our diverse talent is. Yeah. How about what do you think of, of the upskilling notion tied to diversity talent, Florencia? Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we've been doing it. And uh, I think that, you know, one a couple of things that we've been doing to support the upskilling and, the, and not only upskilling, but I would also say the exposure and the opportunities for our diverse talent, right, is First of all, we've been connecting with, you know, associations that help us in the development and education and awareness of, you know, our, you know, total population, but also our diverse population associations like, I don't know, Out and Equal or Catalyst or, you know, the org and, you know, that, that are very prestigious in their fields. And, uh, and that has helped us a lot in terms of like, how are we approaching these sometimes difficult topics? How are we, you know, educating? Um, and generating awareness. And and I would say that, you know, something else that from a, you know, diversity uh, and inclusion office perspective, we have been pushing hard on has to do with um, the um, formation and elevation, let's say, or maturity of our ERGs, employee resource yeah. groups, which was something that, you know, started a little bit before I I, I joined the company with, with one ERG with women of Vitasco, but then we have grown to have uh, seven ERGs today, uh, both in North America and globally. So I think that is a great way to expose our diverse talent to, you know, to give them opportunities to show their skills and competencies at, you know, executive levels and connect and build networks. And and that also ties, of course, to belonging and how, how we make people feel that they're home with us, right? So yeah. I would say that ERGs have been, you know, a significant portion of how we're helping our diverse talent, you know, get exposed and and improve and progress in their careers as well. Yeah, per perfect segue. Thank you. So obviously everyone's the, the, the big topic is the the great resignation, right? And as I read studies and talk to my clients, there's there's two themes. One is I'll call it the purpose gap, meaning that people don't feel like they're coming to work and have some meaning, especially post-college grads, they're gonna leave um, or they're gonna start looking. So that's one piece. But I think to your point, Florencia, on the diversity side, um, attracting, I would say about 80% of diverse talent won't even look at a company unless they, they look and feel that. But then retaining is all of the work that you're doing that's so important, right? And that's about um, being heard and being, so I really think as we talk to clients, that retention piece of inclusion is is almost more important than the recruiting piece and how do you make people feel like they're they can be heard or and maybe they can be in three different um employee resource groups maybe they're disabled a person of color and a veteran and i think that's what i believe where it's going is is um people care about purpose and belonging um do you guys kind of generally agree with that on the great resignation, if those need to be so important in your fabric or else you're not going to keep the best talent, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, I think it absolutely does make sense. And um, it, the companies that are going to win are going to be the companies that have superb cultures where employees feel 
like they belong. And you know what? They don't have to worry about being somebody different when they walk through the doors or when they hop online to a virtual call. They can bring their authentic self to work and focus on the task at hand without all of worrying of, you know, how they're going to be perceived. So I, that's a really, really important thing for me. Um, I want everyone to feel valued, you know, in the organization. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate for most of my career to feel like I can speak up. It's part, part of my personality. Um, but, you know, there have been occasions maybe where I've been a younger individual in the room where maybe I was a little bit more hesitant. So, I want people to know they can raise their hand, they can offer solutions. And quite honestly, the best solution might come from the person who, you know, yep. might not have otherwise spoken up. So I think that's really important for employees to feel that yep. they're included. Yeah. Any, any yeah. Oh, sorry, Steve, I kind of interrupted you, but I, I think that, you know, something that we're encouraging, like, first of all, like, you know, when I say that we have a great leadership team, that also means that our leadership team is like open doors, right? Anybody can come to us and talk to us and we're always going to be listening and willing to help. Um, so I think I think that's, you know, something that again, separates us from other companies in, yep. in this of like, everybody has a voice, we respect all voices, and everybody's welcome to share them, right. And the other thing that I think is, is interesting, and, and, um, and I think is kind of the way that the world is moving towards is that we're allowing people to make decisions and just, you know, kind of design programs and initiatives that not necessarily come from the top. Right. Yep. So we have a group of employees that want to, you know, um, design and, and execute a buddy program for, you know, people that are onboarding. And that is a group of intergenerational employees that want to build bridges between, you know, people of different ages. We're allowing that to happen. So decisions and projects start, you know, taking place in the kind of edges of the organization instead of being like top down, you know, man like old school type of management style. So I think that's also fantastic because people are not only like listening to us, you know, say these things, but they can also actively actively participate and mm -hmm. be involved. And sometimes, you know, when they come and say, well, the leadership team should do this, we're, we're asking, well, what can you do? What can you do to help us, right? And I love that approach. I mean, I think that's the right approach because we all need to take ownership, right? So. Yeah. The other word that that I'm thinking about as I'm listening to you guys both of once again, that culture is authenticity. Right. So whether it's veterans or whether it's a, a gay person, I'm a gay man. I think people can see or talk to other people, whether they're, they're the real deal. So to me, actions speak louder than words versus commitments. Commitments are great, but it's like, are you really building a culture exactly where where everyone's just respected for their differences? So. Um, great stuff. And then the other piece I had just around, this is this is not a one and done thing. The the work that you're doing is is so important, both of you, because we're all in diversity and it's and it's moving so fast. I think you guys would agree with that, as, especially as an older gay man. I'm like, don't know all <laughs> I honestly don't know all of the different letters. And I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I'm I'm learning, right? I'm calling my nieces a learning. Um, how do you how do you continually uh, you know um, you know how do you keep this moving and really try to move the needle every year um, and benchmark? Is it talking to other leaders or how do you benchmark yourself and always try to get better? If that makes sense. And that wasn't on the script. I just thought of it now. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's I told you. It, I told you it'd be fluid. 
<laughs> I can I can take it, Trisha, and then you can compliment if you want. Um, well, as as I was mentioning, we're part of organizations that are, you know, the state of the art in, in many of these topics. So that keeps us updated and realistic. Uh, so I would say participation in forums, you know, that are like gender based or, you know, LGBTQ based or, you know, people with disabilities. So um, I think that all of that keeps us like very much on track on what's going on. And, you know, from from my perspective, from a global standpoint, because I do have responsibility over the, you know, the 20 plus countries, um, I also appreciate and and try to nurture the relationship with the country heads and the HR heads in different places because they are the ones that know and feel uh, the pains, you know, around yeah. diversity in the different contexts, right? So uh, keeping in touch and and keeping the network live, the ecosystem of support that DEI needs to thrive in an organization is super critical to kind of stay on top of things, right? And don't feel that you know you know it all, and and everything you say is like the you know written on stone because nothing is written on stone in diversity. So um, kind of keeping the ecosystem live and active and flourishing. And then kind of keeping all those connections with external partners and not only partners, but also, you know, what are the companies that we admire uh, in, within our industry? What are the kind of the, the other com our competitors, uh, the customers we serve that we want to kind of replicate or we want to bring in, you know, best practices from them? We're all the time looking into that. And we're also using in the good sense, you know, our employees networks to do that. We just got, you know, out of a conversation during Black History Month where we brought in somebody from Ford, a chief engineer from Ford to talk about, you know, kind of uh, Black History Month and his engagement and his role within the ERG at Ford. And it was fantastic. And that was learning for us and because of our connections. And it was not a DEI connection. It was an employee that brought the person in. So nourishing and encouraging all that, I think is, you know, gener generates a great culture. Yeah, the only thing I would maybe add is just even um, so it's not so much external benchmarking, but uh, we do do surveys internally with our employees. So we um, we initially had a survey when we you know started off on this journey. We just completed a second survey um, again, looking at similar questions to see did we move the needle? You know, are we are we working in the right spaces that employees expect for us to work in? And are we um, are we improving? You know, where do we still see the biggest gaps that we need to focus on? So um, great partnerships externally, but also kind of balancing it with with internal, you know, um, feedback as well from our employees. Yeah, no, and what I see, I mean, I think of our relationship with Florencia, we're like hanging out with people that constantly want to move the space along, right? Mm -hmm. So you and I have this great partnership at Catalan. You reach out to me at that time. We were just helping veterans and now we're, we, we, we strive to, to constantly be moving as, as fast as the space, just like you get and that that's in diversity is kind of like a never settle. Right. And we hope to, and we do have these incredible clients that want to be part of the journey. We're just the conduit to bring them together. Um, so we've about five minutes left, which is awesome because this has been terrific. So I, I do a lot of coaching um, to a lot of vets and then uh, teach classes at NYU to college students. You've both had incredible careers as people and as women. So if you had to give advice to maybe either someone going into college or mm -hmm. post-college talent about their career and finding a career and purpose and what they love, what would you, what would be two to three sentences? 
Yeah, gosh, um, maybe I'll start here, Flora. Um, I would just say, truly think about where your heart is and what work you find purpose in. Um, also, don't be afraid to ask questions and be curious. Um, you know, sometimes we're learning just by simply asking questions. So um, again, kind of follow your heart. Don't, you know, some people follow the dollars, but yep. uh, it's great if they both come together. Um, but ultimately you want to be working in a field that you feel rewarded in and feel like you can contribute. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and from my side, I would say I agree with Trisha, but also just, you know, kind of do your research and try and find a passion that can also give you a livelihood, right? Because I mean, let's be practical and let's be realistic. You'll need to make a living, you know, out of whatever you decide to, you know, to go to college for. So, you know, it's just, try and find that passion that can also be sustainable and and you know and make that decision you know with a lot of research and analysis i know yeah. we all have passions that we you know we dreamed of you know i wish i was you know at some point in my life i wanted to be a singer whatever right yeah. I, I was never going to be a good singer for sure <laughs> so you know find those like find those middle points that make sense that you can bring your passion to work and you can bring your passion to school but then also, you know, they're sustainable in the long run and can make you thrive and, and be a great professional in the long run. Yeah. Uh, if I can add, I'll go back and add one more thing. So maybe not so much on the picking of the career, but I always tell individuals, know the companies that you're considering yep. to work for. Do your own um, research and an interview should really be about you interviewing the company and yep. making sure that that culture works for you because that's yep. so, so important. Yep. Yep. And if they, I've said this in other podcasts to, to job seekers, if, if you don't feel like that click is there or the connection, it's, it's not, it's like dating, it's not going to be a right fit. So, right. and I also say to like younger LGBTQIA, tell them about your career or about yourself ask them how about how to get engaged and and don't feel like you should hide that so that's all good stuff um awesome so um we're at the half hour um couple of things uh once again you already know i'm really excited about this blossoming partnership and and representing you as as we build our brand um so just parting thoughts more for the audience is is there any other advice that you would give other hr dni leaders in general that I missed? Uh, Go ahead, Flora. No worries. No, worries. <laughs> no I would say um, be, you know, get, in, get into this spot where you're uncomfortable, when you're comfortable not being able to control everything. Sometimes we, you know, especially when you reach like managerial roles and or leadership roles, you want to have like everything under control and everything, you know, well, sometimes when we're talking about diversity, equity and inclusion and culture and behaviors, you need to be comfortable in this spot where you're not going to be able to control it all and things are going to happen and it's okay. As long as you're aligned with your mission and your purpose and your values, you know, let it happen. So kind of letting go is a lesson that I've learned along yep. my journey. And I think that for other DNA professionals is is a good message. Like just, you know, make sure that the purpose, the values are clear and just let go and allow people to thrive yep. through their passion around the topic. Can't move bounds. Exactly. No, I would just offer from an HR perspective, you know, as as I started working, you know, along this journey, it's hard not to feel like I felt like I should know all the answers. So similar to kind of what Flora said, I work in HR. 
you know, I should innately know, you know, the right, the right things to do and to say, and it's really hard to step back sometimes and just be uncomfortable to use your word, Flora, and, and not know the answer to something. And, um, you know, I think it's Flora had given a piece of advice when she first joined that, you know, questions are okay. You know, as long as the intention of the question is right, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. And I, and that's been a great, um, great reminder for me because I'm very inquisitive and I have questions, but I don't want to offend anybody, you know, but that's how you learn too. So that would just be my, my offering. Great advice. Well, this was, this was even, this was terrific. It's uh, exactly what I desired because um, <laughs> I knew that you guys are, are both great people. And once again, you know, probably third time, I'm excited to kick this off and um, promote the great culture and jobs you have to our diverse network. So thanks again. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay. Steve. Bye, Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to our guests. And you can find us online at oriontalent.com. And most important, don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. Until next time, take care. Bye.